This is Frostblower Chronicles. Rightio, so the story between oh, sorry, of the Dirty Dodger Smash. Yeah, so we call it DD Smash for short. Yep. Uh, come to find out it was a band in the 80s. Cool. Um, but this wasn't, like, 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 like a lot of our beers, we weren't intentionally making this into a hazy. Uh, it just turned out that way? Well, sort of. So the guy we made it after, they call it Dodgy Roger, or Dirty Dodgy Roger. Mm -hmm. um, he loves Nectron hops. He actually introduced us to Nectron. Okay. Um, pretty amazing hops, the amount of flavors and everything like that you're getting out of it. It's just gorgeous. It's juicy, it's fruity. Um, so we yeah. wanted to play with it a bit. So I decided to make him a pale ale, but it was like a really clean, crisp, like a kind of pale ale with just, you know, Nectron on the front in the terms of the aroma, a little bit on the back of the palate, but still very pale ale. Um, yeah. However, Roger came in the first day and tried it, and he's like, not enough Nectron. So we added some more. And you're like, what's Nectron? <laughs> and he's just like, not enough Nectron. So I'm like, all right, we'll add some more. Um, and he kept basically saying more, 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 till we got to the extent where it's basically now a hazy. All so, it is is Nectron, really. Pretty much. It's more Nectron than it is beer, kind yeah. of, uh, anything else. So, um, so yeah, so we did this. We've done two versions of it. We've done a double dry hop version, which is the DD Smash, or mm -hmm. not Smash, but Dirty Dodgy's Nectar. Yep. Um, and the one that's just before that, which is quite smashable, is the DD Smash. So, Which yeah. is the one that I'm currently drinking. Right. And it is very smashable. And it's honestly delicious. I don't really know what else to say about it because you topped it all off perfectly. So I'll just quickly finish this one. <laughs> you don't have to be quick with it. Right, so moving on to number three. But before we do, tell us the story behind Bread and Brewery. Like why did you, like what was the inspiration behind starting the brewery sort of thing? Oh man, there, there, there was a lot. Yep. Um, uh, originally it started out from, I guess basically Ray and I, we, we got sick of paying too much for beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially with that now 30, it's now a 30 year, like, like largest percentage uh, tax rise yep. in 30 years on yep. beer. Like, like, pardon my language guys who's listening, I'll bleep this out, but fuck that. Like, like, I understand what goes into, you know, like good beers the whole and all process, that stuff, yeah. but like when you're going to the bottle shop and you're trying to get just a halfway decent pale ale and it's costing you a hundred bucks to get a case, like, we're just like, this is ridiculous. It like, is. Like, well, we can just make it. And yeah. You can end up making it for a fraction of the price that you would for, granted, you don't pay the excise. That's one of the biggest bugbears in terms yeah. of taxes. Um, but yeah, so Ray and I started brewing that way. Um, I taught Ray to brew, mm -hmm. then Ray taught me to brew on the new yeah. systems that we currently use. Okay. Um, and what systems, for anyone who's listening who's so, really into it, what yeah, systems do we're you actually use? using a single vessel Brazilla, so 65 okay. liter Brazilla. So a bit yep. different, that's why we're Pico. Uh, we only do about, at the moment, we're doing about 600 liters a week. Okay, um, so how many barrels per year sort of thing? Ish. Uh, that's ish. We're, we're, we're averaging just over, I'd say, maybe 30. Yep. Right, 600. Yeah. Yeah, 35,000 liters. Yeah, that sounds about right. A, a year. Yeah. So it's nothing major, but nothing, you know. But still. Still decent. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> Especially for the way we do it. We're pretty happy with it. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so roughly about 35,000 liters. Yep. So now um, um, you taught Ray to brew. He taught you to brew. Continue. Yeah. And then basically it came down to people were saying the beers were good. Um, they are. I can absolutely attest to that. Our, our joke was, because we always gave it away for free, it was friends. Whenever you yeah. give away beer for free, it's always good because you're not paying for it. And it comes back to you tenfold because they'll bring you yeah. a six-pack or something. <laughs> yep. But when you start charging for it, you find out real quick whether... Who your you friends are. Yeah. Well, not friends, but whether or not the beer is decent. That's um, true. So yeah, we did a car park sale when I was living in Melbourne. We had yep. over 350 bottles uh, that I posted, hey, for sale from 5.30 onwards. How quick did that sell out? Less than five minutes. Uh, well so, done. We're like, yeah, wait a minute. We, we're we onto something. We, let's give it a go. So, yeah. Okay. We'll always... I'd rather... 
was Ray down there in Victoria no, with he you? he was up here. Okay. So, um, but no, I'd rather, I'd rather give it a go and fail than die wondering. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that was the whole thing. And so. that's the part of, a, of, of trying to achieve your dream regardless because, like, and I, I quote Tom Segura, if your dreams may, as long as you accept the fact that your dream may never pan out, which it has so far, you will always be um, fulfilled with the pursuit of the dream. Yeah. Which well, is, and so far, do you do you agree with that so yeah, far? Well, it's, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's it. It's not guaranteed. It's like, you, yeah, you're always trying to find the dream, but you're still going after it. So it's, yeah. And obviously, anyone who's listening will detect that Jay has an American <laughs> accent. A little bit. <laughs> and so you're from Chicago. Originally, yeah. And so you've obviously had beers over in America, yep. br- home brewing and stuff. Yep. Um, but we'll get to that after this um, drink that I'm about to have a taste of. And so what is this drink that we're having? Ah, so this beer, this beer was done as a bit of a joke. This beer Mm -hmm. is called beer, well, a lot of our beers are done as a joke. Uh, This beer is called Beer Blanket. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, It's supposed to make you feel tucked in at night? Yeah, basically. So we, um, our first festival that we've ever done, it's been the only one to date outside Mm -hmm. of the Sip and Savor coming up. It it was called Belmont Beers, Blues, and Barbecue. Okay. Um, We got asked on a very short notice by council if we can attend. We said, yeah, not a problem, we'll make it. And one of my friends was here at the time, and the weather was going to be pretty shitty. It was like rainy, cold, well, Australian cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Australia cold, <laughs> Chicago cold. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, all right. And my buddy's like, I'm like, what do we take? He's like, dude, you should totally make a beer called Beer Blanket. And it was one of those like divine intervention moments where as soon as he said the, like, the words, the recipe was just. He knew exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, we literally tried to make a beer blanket. So it's a honey chipotle porter. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind it is is that we've combined the honey and the chipotles to where you don't ever get capsaicin really on the tongue. Yep. But you get it at the back of the throat. So yes. it's one of those beers where the more you drink it, the more you get the capsaicin at the back of the throat. So it creates like this warming, tingling sensation from the inside of the, like, the esophagus. Yep. Um, so it keeps you warm on the inside. But the fact that it's 6.2% alcohol, the more you drink it, the less you feel at the outside. So the more the dangerous it becomes. Yeah. So hence the name beer blanket. So um. well, it is absolutely delicious because I'm definitely a. Anyone who listens to the podcast in the future will know that I am a slut for porters and stouts and dark ales. <laughs> I definitely love XPAs and IPAs, but I will definitely try a porter stout or dark ale before I try anything else because it's just I love them. They're so mm. good. Not a lot of people have them as their go-tos. People are like, oh, I don't want to taste a brick. Yeah. Sort of, it's basically what people say about Guinness and stuff. I'm like, mate, give it a go. At the same time, like, and this we're learning, is delicious. We're learning with this beer. We've been trying to kill this beer all summer. We made this beer for winter. Well, you've managed to and, nail it. Well, the thing is, we've been trying to like kill it as in like, make it go away for summer. Mm. But we've been getting so many requests that it's one of those things. It's actually become one of our Maybe it's the Central Coast Newcastle thing that people love it. Uh, could be I, I don't know but it's like it's a porter it's spicy it shouldn't exist in summer but people are still smashing it so it's like, a vibe but yeah. maybe because we haven't had as hot of a summer over the last two two summers could be yeah. maybe um, but that is a delicious drop and before we go on to our next one we've got a little bit of a question a little bit of a story that yeah. sort of stuff but we are as in Frost Blowers told you guys that we've got an announcement coming up <laughs> we are doing a cross brew sort of thing, a collaboration with Bread and Brewery to bring you uh, Horatio Frothblower. Yep. Which is um, my beloved thoughts and whatnot. So my story behind it is I love watching footy and the sport, in obviously my winter sports, rugby league, AFL, that sort of stuff. But I also love watching docos as well and history, every, basically sports and history, my two main things, I love it. Um, and I wanted something that I could have a beer in my hand and 
session out as well, you know, which obviously it may not be because it turns out it's 4.7%. Yeah. But I could probably have about six of them yeah, to feel right. good. Um, but I wanted a brew that I could just be able to, A, call mine, and just be able to drink it and watch the footy with some popcorn or watch a history doco, and we've called it Horatio Frothblower. Would you be able to tell them what you've put into the um, recipe? Yeah. And because it will be available for a very limited time, probably in the next month, month and a half, on tap at Bread and Brewery. Yeah, so um, basically what I tried to do is I tried to take elements of, how do I put it, historical brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and combine it with modern beer um, and modern pumps. And so far, I've tasted just the, the very, very dregs of the early stages of the wort or wort, and it tastes good so far. Obviously, that's you can't go off the wort, mm. but so far, so good. Continue. Yeah. yeah, but it's just a nice little blend, a subtle blend of honey mixed with some lemon drop hops, mm-hmm. and then basically a lot of your old world grains. So it's basically, um, as you were saying, a honey IPA mixed with a white box somewhat? Somewhere in the middle. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so like I'd a happy middle. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like a, it's like an ale meets like a, um, a mead beer. A yeah. Mead beer mead kind of. As a spiced beer really, yeah. sort of thing. And it's so far so good and I'm, first of all, very thankful for that. And so anyone who's listening to this episode, apologies for any background noise and apologies for any um, echoes from our voices, but also, um, I can't wait for it to be available. Anyone who's listening and his followers, hit me up and I'll send you a can or, a, or something or somehow. That way you can get the reviews going as well. But the next beer that we've got. Uh, the next beer is a special one. It um, is delicious. It's going to be our yearly release uh, around March. A limited yearly release? Yep. Uh, okay. Around March 6th. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure how real- in-depth I could go into this one. I just, so first of all, <laughs> I have a side tangent real quick in mind. Yep. You're American, and obviously we've got Australia Day. You've got Independence Day in the US. Yep. You should bring out a limited, literally one keg on July 4th every year, or do you already do that? No, we don't. You, um, sh- you should do something like that. We don't know what to do though, that's the ah. problem. Um, Maybe uh, an American IPA. I'd rather do something, the only way I can put it, uh, there's um, one of my favorite bars in Chicago is called Next. Yep. Um, and basically, we got into their secret bar at this bar, and the way it works is they literally ask you, what do you want to taste in the glass? Um, and the group that I was with, one woman, she was basically like, I want to taste the 4th of July in a glass. Yeah. And um, so literally, they brought out this drink that tasted like fireworks. I don't really know did, how else to did, describe it. It tasted like but July 4th. It felt like fireworks were like just okay. everything. Um, so if I did a beer for 4th of July, I think because of that experience, I want it to taste like fire. I think you should. I mean, um, I don't want it to taste like exploded hands. Oh, absolutely. And real quick, anyone who's listening to this episode, let us know in the comments section below if you want Jay from Bread and Brewery to do something for July 4th. You know, not necessarily this year, but just but, something yeah. in general, you know, come up with a brew for it and maybe do a thing about it. Yeah, give flavor suggestions. We're, we're open to all flavors. We just did a tomato goza. So we'll Which see how that is goes. delicious. <laughs> I tried that just earlier. Um, radio. so go back to the story uh, of the yeah. sour cherry. Go so, ahead. Um, so this is a salted cherry sour. Um, uh, very close to a goza, but we don't put all the ingredients for a goza in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, this is a divorce beer. Yes. Um, yeah, that's right. I can't it's say. Sour, it's salty. Yeah, so basically it's called Till Death because mm-hmm. um, in a divorce, till death everybody's... 
keeping up until to the their, yeah, they're not keeping up with their, uh, what's it called, their promises. Their contract? Yeah. <laughs> the contractual obligations. Um, so that's the, the joke behind Till Death. And yeah. then the person that this was made after, uh, they're not a big fan of cherries. So the idea of a salted cherry sour, people get a little bit salty, they get sour through the divorce, everything they get, like that. They get a bit bitter um, They get well. quite bitter. So, um, so yeah, we wanted to put that into a beer. So um, we basically took that and tried to... Yeah, yep. the, only, the only thing is though, it actually tastes pretty good. It tastes so, fucking um, delicious. Uh, to anyone who's a sour beer drinker or a sour craft beer drinker, bugger the Revel strawberries and cream. <laughs> Which, by the way, shout out to the BBB uh, bloody brilliant beers boys. But this is a great sour cherry drop. Um, we, um, how do I put it? Our tagline is divorce never tasted so good. Oh, <laughs> oh ain't that the truth? Because you may end up losing everything because let's be honest, men probably do lose most of the things in the divorce. Uh, it's, it's changing. I think that's it changing is. a bit, but yeah. It is, but it, regardless, if say they lose the house or at least they're forced maybe to move out and whatnot, they've always got this. Yeah. They've always got this beer and because it's so good. <laughs> it is amazing. So I'll, yeah, just, I'll just finish this off. Every March, uh, that beer will be around. And we're actually going to double the amount of cherries next year. So oh. that way, um, yeah, we're buying them retail <laughs> this year. Chef's so. kiss. <laughs> so we're on to our last one. Yep. Number five. But before we before we get on to that, um, basically, obviously, you've spoken about how you started up with the 250, 350 beers, five o'clock sale. How did you go from that to Morissette and having a Pico oh. brewery. So um, after that, it was pretty much, I called up Ray and I'm like, we're doing it. And uh, the reason why I, I called up Ray, like I've brewed with quite a few people, but Ray, um, I can't believe I'm gonna put this on recording. Ray's actually a really good brewer. Um, <laughs> he's one of those people that like, um, he, he gets literally, it. he gets it. He understands the whole process. He understands, okay, I gotta do this, this, like he understands it. He just gets it. Yeah. Um, and so basically I trust Ray with all the brews. Like I could literally just say, Ray, this is the recipe. What do you think? And he'll just come in and do his little tweaks and say, this is what we need to do. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much how Ray and I picked each other for brewing. Uh -huh. um, but then, yeah, so basically that happened. I'm like, yeah, we got to do it, man. We're like, we talk, we've been talking about doing it for five years now. Mm -hmm. um, we just need to make it happen. Yeah. So um, we basically- You originally, hold us back up to this way? Well, no, I still stayed in Melbourne because um, it was a, it was like a slow exit strategy. Okay. Um, cause we were like, all right, we still need the capital. We need to raise the capital cause we did everything ourselves. So yeah, yep. One of the reasons why we grew so small is because we- There's a lot of overheads for you. Well, starting capital was always an issue. We didn't want to yeah. take out a loan and then, you know, bet the house on it and everything Well, like you didn't want to take a loan and get a microbrewery going and not be able to pay it back. Correct. So we'd rather, all right, if the beers are halfway decent, it doesn't matter what system you brew them on. Yeah. It could be 10,000 You'll get liters. the customers, you'll get yeah. the clients. It could be 50 liters. It doesn't matter the size of the system. A good beer is a good beer. So, um, so yeah, so, um, yeah, so we decided we were going to go ahead for it. We started looking for properties. Originally, we were supposed to be in Long Jetty. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad you're not because it's a bitch to get to for me. Because <laughs> to, to anyone who's listening, drink responsibly. I got the train up to here because I don't want to drink and drive, obviously. So anyone who's listening, please, please, I implore you to drink responsibly. Plus, there's three breweries up here now, so it's a brewery cross. So. Absolutely, <laughs> which we'll be going to each of those other breweries for another a few more episodes later on down the track. Continue. Um, but yeah, so originally Long Jetty, um, we found this old, uh, it was next to a butcher shop. It yep. actually be an old part of the butchery. And we're actually, we're gonna call Butcher's Block Brew. That's um, a pretty good idea. Yeah, and like it was literally just gonna be, we weren't gonna change any of the signing or anything like that. The signage was gonna stay exactly the same and you wouldn't even know it's a brewery until you went in. So it was like a speakeasy, because I'm a huge fan yeah. of speakeasy. Oh, I'm a massive fan of that prohibition type. Yeah. yeah, it's also why there's no signage here. So like, 
finding yeah. this place. Like, there's no here we are, here we are, here we are. Here it's we fine are. as big as you obviously want us. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, by the way, the way I found out about you guys was Google. Yeah. Well, well Google and Untapped. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it was important. I know your views on Untapped. We won't <laughs> listen, we won't post that about on the episode. <laughs> Continue. Um, oh, sorry. So yeah, long it's, jetty. It's supposed to be long jetty. Uh, two weeks before it was supposed to like settle start. Like yep. the lease was supposed to start. The owner decided he was going to give the unit to a food bank which is fine like i mean as long as it's helping the community yeah i'm like all right fair enough if it was going to go to an actual bank I, fuck them <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't want to be somewhere that you don't want us so yep. yeah fair enough so um uh my wife grew up not too far from where we're at now in morissette and mm-hmm. she's like well it's close to the highway um in terms of newcastle sydney so well that of, and it's also perfect for to getting supplies right off the highway well, as yeah, well all of that so anything logistically it, was, it just made sense like yeah so it's like if we ever blew up it was just like we're right here. Yeah. Uh, all three breweries was never that wasn't the plan. <laughs> we didn't know that was happening. Um, we didn't find out even the second brewery was happening until about four months after our lease started. Yep. And then even the whole concert venue stuff, like all that, that was yeah, we, we had no clue. It was literally yeah. it was logistics. It was just like all right, this is a smart place to be. It's kind of up and coming, but in terms of receiving, delivering, you name it, it's it just makes sense. Oh, so, absolutely. And um, how long ago did you open? Well, not necessarily open to the public, but how long ago did you open to, you know, start brewing? Was it two or three years? Yeah, so so we got the unit um, November 15th, 2019. Okay. It's the day I found out Reels Ray's real name's not Ray, but Ralph. That's right, yep. Um, And then we didn't actually get the brewery open for production until February 27th, 2021. Mm -hmm. So it took us about, I'd say about 14... Yeah, yeah, so about 15 months. Yep. Uh, 15 months to get open for production um, and then about another what 18 months from that longer actually um, about, to get twi- yours, about 20 um, months from that to get our serving license that's right and now that you have life. got your serving license how is serving going yeah good it's only been about three weeks since we've been doing it so it's it's an adjustment period yeah because uh, we're used to brewing not as much. Yeah. Now that we're having more people come in, we're yeah, we're trying to keep up with it. So Alright, yeah. So now that we've done that, the next and final drop. What is it? And tell us the story. It's polar bears uh, are cats. Isn't polar it? bears are kittens. That's right. Polar if you bears ask Ray, it's a different name. Um, this beer is a peanut butter. It's delicious, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a peanut butter and raspberry jam sandwich ale. So it's a PB and J. Yeah, that's what it's designed to be like. It's a it's, hug in a glass. It's it's not Technically, some people are telling us it's a white stout. We don't really care. What if it it's is. a white stout, cool. It's, um, it's a PB and J. It's a literally. I'm coming home from school. Mom, make me a PB and J. Yeah, that that was the whole thing. So it came about from. So we do. We every quarter we try to do brewery meetings. Where it's the three owners. And we just all right. This is what we want to do. Where are we going? And we just we figure out what we're doing. every quarter sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure we're on track. Everybody's doing it. Like everybody has their own goals and targets. And like, well, where do but you they're feel also like working towards that one main goal. Yeah. As well. There's a synergy yeah. to it too. So um, so yeah. So um, we have these meetings, and then at this time. Ray and I, we had a few bevies because we always try new beers and stuff like that when we're doing the meetings. Get Dale, a bit, get a bit loose. Yeah, Dale, the other business partner, also my wife, mm-hmm. um, she wasn't drinking at the time, and I really don't know how we got on the subject. We were talking about doomsday glaciers, okay, and how what would happen to the polar bears if it melted. And I basically looked at Dale and like they're just gonna have to learn how to swim really damn far. Yeah, um, they can swim, but not too far. Yeah, and she's just like, oh, they must have the densest fur in the animal kingdom. Um, I don't know why I know this tidbit of information, but I do. Um, real quick, I was like, actually, sea otters have the densest fur in the animal. Yeah. To which she shouted, polar bears are kittens. 
almost instantaneously, but she didn't quite say kittens. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> and Ray and I just looked at each other like... Polar bears are... Yeah. See you next Tuesdays. Uh, well, see no, not, uh, they're more... Uh, they're, they're polar bears are pussies. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, because they didn't have the dits as fur, and yep. I'm like, that's a beer. I have no idea what that beer is, but... Side tangent real quick. Fun little fact about polar bear fur, it's not actually white. It's no, just it's reflect... White. It's reflected off the sun, and like the, from the sun onto the snow, that makes them look yeah. white in photos. I'm sure you know that, but my other people may not. Continue. Um, but yeah, so like that's the most random beer I can think of. And that Ray's like, amazing. What, what, Ray's like, what's random? I'm like, have you ever had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a beer? And he's like, I nah. have now. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's do that. Because peanut butter and jelly, like, it goes well. It's but... very American, is what I've been told. It is. Like, it really it's is not like an Aussie thing. So it like, is, but it definitely. That. I'm. I'm definitely more getting the peanut butter vibes of it, and I love. Yeah. I am a. Excuse the words again. I'm gonna bleep it out. Slut for peanut butter sandwiches. I. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. I. Childhood was peanut butter sandwich, not PB and J, but peanut butter sandwich. Yep. So, I'm definitely tasting more the PB than the J. Yeah, yeah, fair but enough. But it's, it's fucking delicious. Um, yeah, it, it was. It's fun because everybody has their own take. Mm. We, we had one guy come in. He's like, it needs more peanut butter. I'm like, it does. If I'm being honest, it, it does. But it's still good. But it's it's a peanut butter jelly, and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, they're supposed to be balanced. Like, yeah. you've got your bread, you've got your jam, and you've got your peanut butter. It's not supposed to be peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, with a little bit of jam. It's supposed to be PB and J. Yeah, it's supposed to be all together. So it's. Yeah, we're having a bit of fun with it. We, we do have quite a few, be like, ah, oh, it's, yeah, this, I thought this was like a peanut butter stout. I'm like, no, peanut butter's not the main thing. It's, well, it's delicious and <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. So that about wraps up the five brews yep. that I've tried. First of all, thank you so much for allowing me to record here and yeah, no with you. All I've got to ask, do you have anything that you want to promote and or plug, etc. whether it's your socials, whether it's an event, or whether it's a brew that you're doing, what would you like to promote, shout out, etc. Now's your time. Oh man, uh, promote. I mean, this year we are doing things a bit different. Instead mm -hmm. of one big birthday party, we're doing three. three small birthday parties. And what are those parties going to be? So, and involve? first one's the Trojan Horse Party, mm -hmm. which we are doing at June. Basically, we're, we're attending Gab's. I will be there, by the way, guys. I will be there with Bread and Brewery. With, without attending Gabs. So basically, we've hired a 50-seater bus, and we're... They're going without an exhibitor pass. Correct. So we're actually going as attendees, but what we're all going to do is we're going to take 50 people down. All in Bread and Brewery um, shirts. All in Bread and Brewery shirts. Special limited shirt. Beers on the way down. Ticket in. And beers on the way back with a potential stubby holder. Or not beers on the way back, but then basically round-trip travel. Um, but yeah, we're doing that. And then the goal is to have a photo bombing contest mm -hmm. so that we bomb as many photos as possible mm -hmm. on the day that we're attending Gabs and try to make the Gabs book. And so that way it's just like seeding bread and brewery in people's minds, like, Absolutely. A, like a guerrilla marketing. But thing. also you could do it even casually. You could just be like trying to know that there's someone taking a photo and just casually walk behind, like not knowing it's there and just have a well, but that's, the, that, that, that's still a good photo. Bomb. Yeah, like it's, absolutely. Like it's still, like, but it doesn't have to be outrageous, but no. it's just like who does the best one? Like even just drinking with your pinky up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I say, absolutely. And what is the second uh, um, party? The second one we're doing is called Beervenshire Tea. Mm -hmm. So basically what it is, it's a party. That's like Devonshire Tea, but yeah. Beervenshire. Okay, but instead yeah. of you getting actual tea, because uh, my first experience with Devonshire tea, I was quite upset when I didn't get tea from Devonshire mm -hmm. or Devonshire, however, however you want to say it. Um, yeah. And the lady I just say like, Devonshire. Yeah, that's that's probably right. <laughs> and the lady was like, uh, "No, you just pick your style of tea, and it's just scones, jam, and cream." And I'm like, "Wait, so there's no tea from Devonshire?" And she's like, "No, there's no." You <laughs> like, lied. <laughs> so I just thought it'd be funny to do Beavenshire or Beavenshire. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, what it is, it's. Um, Spent grains mm -hmm. used in the process of making the scone, and whatever spent grains in the scone 
is the schooner of beer that you're drinking with that scone jam and cream. That's and amazing. then you go through five of them. And it's like a two and a half, three hour session of just yeah. hanging out and having a bit of fun. So that's amazing. What we're, what we're trying, I think, end of June, beginning of July. Is the, yep, is so the just after Gab's sort of yeah, thing. So yeah, so Gab's will be the beginning of yep. June, and then we're trying to do that towards the end of June. And what so is the third stage of the The party? third one in the works, we're trying to do something called Dapper Days, where mm-hmm. we all dress up 1920s, 1930s. Gangster style, or are we talking 1920s or 30s in general? Uh, speakeasy in general. times. Yeah, speakeasy style okay. more than anything else. Um, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to find an old railway station where we're gonna have food on the platform with beers. Yep. And then what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find like an open flame barbecue. Okay. Um, and try to use the smoke to simulate like steam trains. Yeah. Okay, so, so um, just an FYI, I'll pause this because I don't want it in the record. Right yeah. so five beers, five impeccable drops. Um, my reviews, obviously, I've, I told you guys I'll be doing reviews as well. Out of all of them, my favorite one is definitely the PB&J that I tried. And second place would be the Sour. Out of a total out of zero to five schooners as a whole for all of them, I would give the tasting journey and the tastes and palates and all that in general, 4.3 out of five schooners for all five in total, like as in not one individually, they all go well together because you've got to go on the journey. 4.3 4.3 out of 5 schooners, I definitely recommend Bread and Brewery to anyone who's either on the Central Coast, Newcastle, or Sydney, because it is literally a stone's throw off the highway. If you want to, if you want a day, if you want to go for a day pass, you know, or, or a day out with your mates and you're in Sydney or Newcastle, head to Bread and Brewery. Is there anything that you want to add to that? Oh, that's it. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's delicious. And also, guys, don't forget, watch this space on Instagram and Facebook for when we do drop Horatio Frothblower.